This Sunday is stewardship kickoff, the beginning of the pledging season, so I'll preach what one witty parishioner once referred to as the sermon on the amount. But before asking you to pledge generously, I want you to invite, I invite you to think about your, your earliest memories of money. It's our earliest memories that influence us, the decisions we make, often influencing us unconsciously, sometimes even decades after whatever happened had happened. I definitely know that my earliest memories of money and money's meaning and power are associated with my mother, undoubtedly. My mother, God rest her soul, she died right at the beginning of the pandemic um, in, in January of 2020. And I remember so many things about money and especially checks, checkbooks from her. Um, our, our, our banking account was with AmSouth Bank, and I still remember exactly what the checks looked like. I went, we went to a little bitty Methodist church in Guntersville, Alabama, not the big first Methodist church downtown, but the little one on the outskirts of town. I say we. Uh, my, my mom always made me go, but she and my dad never went. But she sent me to church just, just faithfully and dutifully. And I remember that every single time that I went to church on a Sunday, every single time without fail, even though I had never seen her within the four walls of that church, she sent me with one of those AmSouth Bank checks to make an offering. Every time it was the last thing she, she handed me before I got out of the car, if she dropped me off or went out of the door, if someone else was taking me. And I learned an important lesson that, that money is meant to be shared. It's not just our own. It comes with a moral responsibility to share with others. I also learned from my mom that, that money is associated with fear. Sometimes our worst fears get intertwined with money, how much or how little that we have. When I became a, a teenager, I remember that my mom started sharing just with me all of her anxieties over money and that it was dwindling and with the next few months or years would bring, that, that didn't exactly add up. She, she had a part-time job, but even more importantly, my dad had a good full-time job, and so I just couldn't quite understand as a teenager what in the world was going on with all of that. But, but what it left with me is, is a deep impression, and I know and sometimes even still feel how money is associated with our, our, our worst fears and anxieties. I also learned from my mom, and this was my favorite lesson, that, that money can bring great joy, great joy. I, in this little town, um, spent almost every day, every summer from about 10 years old on at the public recreation department, just a wonderful rec center. And I would go for sports, and I'd go for tennis, and I'd go for basketball, and I'd always go in the summer for the pool. 
And then when I became in 16, I was old enough to work and I became a lifeguard at that rec center. It was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. I just loved it. And I've often wondered if, if that was my first calling as a preacher, actually, because a lifeguard stand honestly is a lot like a pulpit. <laughs> and you know, you were trying to save people who didn't know how to swim, you know. All those little souls out there floating or sinking. But I just loved it. But every day I went there without fail, my mother was, was nothing if not ritualistic and consistent. And every day I went, every day, um, she would send me with a little bit of cash. And I vividly remember how much it was when I was in junior high. It was $2.25. And here's what I would do every time with that $2.25. I would walk across the street to, and I don't know how many people are going to know what I'm about to say, to the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, good. It's, if you don't know what the Piggly Wiggly is, just substitute King Super. It's the same thing. And I would walk across the street to the pig, and with that $2.25, I would get a sandwich, and not just any sandwich. Every time I would get a chicken finger sandwich, forgive me, and, and then I would walk out of the parking lot, and I would use the rest of the money every single time to buy an extra large snow cone at the snow cone shack. And it made me so happy. I mean, it just brought incredible joy to spend that $2.25 on all of that. It was just a sheer feast for a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. I'm 48 and I still don't mind a snow cone on a hot day. And I learned that money can bring great joy and that sometimes we need to spend it not just on what the preachers tell you to spend it, that is on your needs, but occasionally on your wants, because I really wanted that snow cone. But what are your memories of money? And how does money for you get associated with, with fears and occasionally with great joys? Where does all of that come from and the power that money holds sometimes for us and even over us. I do ask that you pledge to, you know, in addition to all of that. And we ask that you pledge generously. There, there's so many great reasons. So, but here, here's what a pledge is. It's just simply an estimate for all that you hope to give to St. John's next year in 2023. It's not a contract. It's an estimate. It's an aspiration. We hope it's an accurate aspiration. But it's what you hope to give throughout the, the course of the year, which then helps us and our vestry to make a plan and have a budget and pray thoughtfully in advance of how we're going to use your gifts. These are important times to pledge at St. John's. Our our expenses are increasing, but I want to tell you they're not just increasing because of inflation. 
although they certainly are, as are, I know, your own household expenses. Our expenses are also increasing because we're growing numerically and spiritually, I hope. But I know we're growing numerically. I could give you so many examples. On Pentecost of this year at the 1030 service, and some of you will remember it, we baptized 16 people, 16 babies. It was just incredible to see that many baptisms all at once. I tried to preach the shortest sermon I've ever preached. We had two weeks ago our annual parish retreat at the diocesan camp, Cathedral Ridge. There were 60-something people there. That's a great number. But one quarter of them, about 15 of them, were in junior high and high school, led so gracefully and wisely by our new youth minister, Sarah Strand. Just incredible. But even more the numbers, even more the numbers, there's something going on spiritually, and I hope you can feel it. And I think part of what it is, I know it is for me, is that after what we've been through for, for three years almost now, I know I don't quite take it for granted the way that I used to sometimes on a given Sunday or on a Wednesday night. It's powerful to gather together in person. It's powerful just to look into one another's eyes. It's powerful to listen to one another's stories. It's powerful to to put your hand on somebody's back just to say thank you and keep going. It's just incredible to gather in this day and age and remember what it means to be a human being and to think about what it means to be loved by God and how to proclaim that God and that love throughout the world. I don't take it for granted the way I sometimes did in the past. Even more, though, than what happens at services such as this or at meals and such, even more than that, right now, our, the building and grounds and our community partners, our community partners are asking to use the cathedral for their events more so than I've ever seen in over five years, to give you but one of many examples I could. The city of Denver has asked us to be a voting site on November the 8th, and we will. And this place will just be wide open for voting. But there's so many other examples, and it's really important to see how these building and grounds, you know, matter for this neighborhood, matter for this city. These building and grounds say something about hospitality and the stones cry out something about permanence that we are here and we're not leaving and we're committed. This place is not just about trafficking in spiritual matters. It really exists as well for what we used to call the common good, the public good for the city. So for all of these reasons and so many more, ask that you pledge generously. Know that your pledge matters. With God's help, your financial gifts are what make all of this possible. But above all, I hope that you know that it's your presence that matters more than anything else. Your stories, your hopes, your dreams, your joys, your sorrows, all of it matters deeply to St. John's Cathedral. And it always matters to God.